0: not the brightest guy in the room, but he is the cheapest.
1: I love lamp. I love lamp.
0: Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh.
1: The Steelers offense managed 47 yards in the second half. They held the football for eight minutes. I've had sex longer than that. Not a good sign. Don't shake your head no, Tom. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. No Brian LaMartina today. He is sick. God, did he sound awful last night. Shirtless Tom is behind the glass. Check him out on Twitter. At Button Pusher 970 Tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. I was listening to Stan's show today, right here on ESPN Pittsburgh. You can check him out from noon until 2. And he said, the Steelers have an identity crisis. They don't know what they want to be on offense. They don't know what they want to be on defense. He's right about that. The Steelers don't know who they are. I think I've got him pegged pretty well. I think I know what their identity is. They're a team that doesn't do anything great. They can't run the football. At times they look like world beaters on offense. At others they look like one of the worst offensive teams I've ever seen. You'd think the quarterback is great. Well, sometimes he is. Other times he's not. The number one wide receiver in football right now ain't playing like the number one wide receiver in football and he can't get on the same page with Ben Roethlisberger. On defense, they can't pressure the quarterback. When the other team wants to run and in critical situations tries to run, they can run. They also give up the deep ball. They've taken the football away a couple of times of late, but it's not something I think is sustainable if they're not getting after the quarterback. On special teams, the kicker going in the last night's game was one of four. The punter stinks. And they commit penalties all the damn time. So that's their identity. One that looks like a team that could wind up being in the bottom 10 in records this year. A team that looks like they could be picking in the top 10 of the 2018 NFL Draft. It's early. There's plenty of time to turn it around, right? But I don't have any faith that they will. Ben Roethlisberger, in his career going into last night's game, was 21-3 and at Heinz Field in primetime. The fact that he lost, the fact that they lost, the fact that he didn't play well, tells me just how bad this team is. I know what their identity is on offense, and it's inconsistency. First three possessions against Kansas City, the Steelers punted and found themselves then down 21 nothing. In this game, the first drive was the McDonald turnover. The second drive started with a hold and ended with a punt. Steelers' offense was 2-12 of on third down. They held the ball for eight minutes in the second half. Their M.O. is inconsistency. They cannot run the football. They cannot convert on third downs. The best player on the team, Antonio Brown, isn't getting the football consistently. They're only playing a half of football. They put up 24 offensive points on Tampa Bay in the first half. They put up 14 in the first half against Baltimore. Both games, nothing in the second half. 47 total yards for the Steelers in the second half of the game yesterday. Second straight game, the Steelers offense didn't score a point in the second half. Whoa! Roethlisberger needs to carry this team, and he can't do it every week. There's no Le'Veon Bell. There's no running game to speak of. The defense is atrocious. Big Ben has to be outstanding every week to give this team a shot. But that's not necessarily fair. He's 36 years old. He's too inconsistent at this point in his career to have to be the guy every week. He needed to be close to perfect to win last night, and he was far from it. Ben and A.B. weren't on the same page. First drive of the game, Ben bounced one to A.B., Two third downs in the second half showed that Ben and A.B. aren't Justin Timberlake. Because they're not in sync. We saw a back shoulder fade thrown to Antonio Brown in the Tampa game that did not connect. These dudes haven't been in rhythm all year. And it's been worse when the game's on the line. Don't get mad at me, Steelers fans. All I do is tell the truth. Transparency, the number one virtue of the Crowley Show. This team misses Le'Veon Bell. Mike DeCourse from the Sporting News blamed the Steelers front office and ownership for not having moved on from Le'Veon Bell, saying that that money could have been better spent elsewhere. If you want to take that path, I can buy it. Reality is, Le'Veon Bell should still be here today. He should have reported week one. He didn't. If Le'Veon Bell was here, what do you think the Steelers record is right now? I think it's different. Le'Veon Bell against Baltimore had 186 yards from scrimmage last year in Baltimore. He had 126 and three touchdowns in the game at home in December. How many James Conner have? Oh, 19. That's the lowest total for the Steelers since 1970. 48 years since the Steelers have rushed for 19 or fewer yards in a game. 19 rushing yards at home is the lowest since 1952. This team does not do anything well. If Le'Veon Bell were here, I think they'd at least be able to run the football. I said that I know what their identity is, despite them, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II, Kevin Colbert not knowing what their identity is. I know that when they typically have an identity crisis, they turn to running the football. Two years ago... Four and five, not playing well at all. Lose to Dallas. From that point forward, Le'Veon Bell averaged 147 rushing yards a game. Or total yards a game, pardon me. Last year, Steelers three and two. Ben Roethlisberger throws five interceptions. From that point forward, the Steelers give Le'Veon Bell the football to the tune of 126 yards per game. When the going gets tough, the Bell get going. That's the way the Steelers have operated the last couple of years. When they hit a crossroads, when they don't know what their identity is, they turn their identity back to Pittsburgh Steelers football, which is running the damn ball. And don't tell me running the football isn't important in 2018. You can open things up when you run the football. You can keep the pressure away from you. We saw it affect Ben Roethlisberger yesterday. You can keep the coverage from rolling on top of Antonio Brown. If Le'Veon Bell were here, the Steelers team would be better. Yeah, they put up 37 points a couple weeks ago. They put up 30 points last week. I think they'd be putting up more with Le'Veon. James Conner is fine, but he's just a guy. I said this from the beginning of the season. Everyone who thinks Le'Veon Bell isn't going to be missed, everyone who thinks the Steelers can go running back by committee or that James Connor can be the guy is out to lunch. And you're all wrong. James Connor's fine. They need better than fine. They need to be dynamic offensively because if they're not, their defense isn't good enough. This is not a good football team when you're not putting up 30 points a game. The defense was lucky to give up 26 yesterday. They were lucky that the Ravens went, what, one for five in the red zone. They were lucky that Joe Flacco missed Crabtree wide open early in the first half. Lucky. If the defense gives up 26 points, the Steelers' offense should still score more than that. And if they had Le'Veon Bell, they would. Mark Caballi going to be joining us in 11 minutes here on the Crowley Show. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. I keep hearing a lot of, it's all the offense's fault. And as I just said, the offense does share a lot of the blame. But stop saying that the defense played well enough to win the game. Just because the defense stinks doesn't mean we should just ignore the analysis and say that giving up 26 points and 35 minutes of time of possession is acceptable. Just because we think that they suck out loud doesn't mean that we should be grading on a curve. You have to go into every game expecting your defense to be better than that. Mike Tomlin, if he wants to get this defense playing better. Keith Butler, if he wants to get this defense playing better. Joey Porter, if he wants to get his linebackers playing better. Tom Bradley, if he wants to get his defensive backs playing better. They need to expect to be good. That needs to be what they pound into their players' heads. This, the Steelers gave up 26 points and did enough to win nonsense is trash. They weren't good enough. They couldn't get off the field on third downs. They gave up a six-minute and 40-second drive late in the game that about ended it. And Joe Flacco said, when sitting on the desk of NBC after the game, we left some points on the field. He said in his press conference following that, quote, I used to come here and throw for 150 yards, and feel good about my performance because it was so tough out there. Quote, it didn't have to be hard today, end quote. Embarrassing. Zero flipping pressure. They were getting burned so often in the first half, including on a play where Flacco missed the wide-open throw, that Butler was then bringing four and dropping seven, rushing three, and then dropping eight for the rest of the game. We can't get beat deep. If the Steelers are going to have success defensively, and it is a relative term, I suppose, they need to get pressure on the quarterback. And in order to get pressure on the quarterback, because they can't win battles consistently one-on-one up front, they need to bring guys from every level of that defense on the blitz. Not having Mike Hilton hurts. It's going to hurt if Vince Williams is out for an extended period of time. He's good at bringing pressure from the inside linebacker position. That's how you do it. You create chaos because if you don't bring any pressure, Joe Flacco, whomever you play, is just going to pick you apart all the way down the field. It's going to be death by a thousand cuts. I would much rather, instead of death by a thousand cuts, bring pressure, see if you can pick the ball off, force a fumble or two, because you're still going to give up points and yards. Be more aggressive defensively. The tackle the catch nonsense doesn't work because they can't tackle the catch. The rushing four nonsense doesn't work because they can't create pressure. And we'll get into this later on in the program. Two players on the defense are not showing up at all. Stefan to it, Cam Hayward. What the f are you doing? Zero sacks, zero tackles for loss in last night's game. They've combined for one sack in four games this season. They were awful in the divisional round playoff game with zero tackles for loss or sacks in that one against Jacksonville. They've disappeared, and if you're going to rush four, you need them not to have disappeared. You need them to be difference makers. People are jumping into my mentions saying, Cam Hayward's getting doubled all the time. Yeah, you don't think he was last year when he had 12 effing sacks? He's got to be better. Two, it's got to be better. Those are the guys you count on. Those are the guys you expect to be good. T.J. Watt hasn't been visible since game one against Cleveland. Bud Dupree's not a very good football player. John Bostic's fine, but he's not a difference maker. Vince Williams, okay. He's not a difference maker. They don't have any difference makers on the damn team except for that defensive end. And those guys have been missing. More on that in depth later on. Here's something to worry about. The Bengals are actually good. The line's playing okay. Andy Dalton, when he has protection, is a fine quarterback. Andy Dalton, when he has weapons, is a fine quarterback. A.J. Green played well. He's the one who caught the last second pass with six seconds left in the game. Tyler Boyd is their version of Juju Smith-Schuster to A.J. Green's Antonio Brown. Joe Mixon is electric and the Steelers don't have that guy both he and Gio Bernard are better than James Conner, and on defense they can get after the quarterback that team is good they're three and one the Steelers already behind the eight ball and if you think Baltimore's good Cincinnati waxed them at home waxed them did what the Steelers couldn't do the division is starting to slip away Go to Doug in Monroeville. Hello, Doug. First up on the Crowley Show.
0: Hey, Adam, man. Uh, I completely agree with you. Ownership killed us. Management, whatever you want to call it. You got to pay levy on bail. The NFL is just basically telling you defense doesn't matter. Can't touch the quarterback. PA, PI calls left and right. They're telling you be an offensive team. You got a Hall of Fame running back. I don't care if he wants three years, $40 guarantee. I don't care what the guy wants. Pay the man his money. You can just tell, just three guys on Antonio Brown. I saying Juju beat us, James Conner beat us. Bass McDonald run a couple of dudes over. That's not going to win games. And for the defense, if they beat you over the top, the only thing people they beat over the top, they don't beat Joe Hayton over the top. Bring constant pressure. Have, have whoever your safety is rotate to the Cody defensive ball and uh, Artie Burns' side and smash the quarterback. If you get a couple of rough in the pass calls, who cares? Smash your quarterback. Call Le'Veon Bell, tell him you'll, you'll send him to any strip club in America he wants to go, give him this $50 guaranteed, and we can make the Super Bowl. If you don't do that, the
1: window's closed. Appreciate the call, Doug. They can't give him any more money now. So that's not going to happen. The Steelers did offer him money. If he were here, they'd be playing better. I believe in that. That being said, they tried. There was a line in the sand that they didn't want to cross. I respect them for that. I get it. It was a fair offer at the time. I'm not blaming the Steelers for the way that it went down before. I'm blaming Bell for not being here now, for taking that terrible advice and running with it. If the Steelers had Le'Veon Bell, their running game would not be in the toilet right now. They'd had more than 19 yards last night. You could bet that. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. One more thing about that call. Pretty sure that Joe Hayden got burned last night. He made a nice diving play at one point, but even Joe Hayden wasn't all that great. Nobody's playing as a difference maker on that defense. It's why Cam Hayward and Stefan Tuitt so desperately need to get better. Your tweet's on the way. Much more on Steelers and Ravens. Coming up next, Mark Caboli of The Athletic. He'll join us to discuss all that. It's Crowley Show. This is the Adam Crowley Show. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Steelers are just a bad football team right now. A lot of talent, particularly on the offensive side, yet total inconsistency. 47 yards in the second half. Eight minutes of time of possession in the second half. And they started terribly offensively, too. I put it more on the offense than I do the defense, but the defense definitely should not get a pass. Mark Caballi of the Athletic joins us now here on the Crowley Show Mark, the offense, inconsistent. How much of it has to do with not being able to run the ball, and how much better would the running attack be if Le'Veon Bell were here?
2: Stirring the pot already, Adam, huh?
1: You're damn right, pal.
2: Now I'll tell you the truth here. I think this past Sunday yesterday, the the reason the Le'Veon Bell absence was – was missed significantly, and you could finally tell it. And it's not really to do with the running games because Baltimore's pretty good against the run. They've held Bell in check uh, times before. I think last year, maybe not down there, but here, they only held him to 40 or 50 yards. What we saw on Sunday that was really, you know, basically a blueprint of how you defend this team will be like what they did, play some, you know, too high safety zone, have your inside linebackers deep, have deep drops, let everything open, shorten in the middle, and let Ryan Switzer and James Conner catch the ball. And Baz McDonald here and Jesse James here and tackle the catch. You know, seven, seven catches for Switzer, 36 yards, not much more for James Conner with Le'Veon Bell. You can't necessarily do that. First of all, you can split them out wide and create a matchup. And second of all, if you want to dump it down to Le'Veon Bell over the middle, he has a chance of making it really, really hurt. Brian Switzer and company does not have that ability. So, moving forward, I would imagine teams are going to do the very similar things because then you'll be able to double team Antonio Brown with the high safety and tackle the guy in front of you and with no threat of, you know, breaking a long one. So, I think it's not necessarily run game, to space, you know, speak of or anything like that. I think the ability when, when, is presented to you, you have to take this short throw. Nobody can take a five yard pass and go 45 yards like Bell did. And I think that's what their game plan was on Sunday.
1: Mark Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger are not at all on the same page. We saw in the Tampa Bay game, Ben tries the back shoulder throw on third down. In this game, again, a couple of times on third down, misfires from Ben. What in the sweet world is going on there?
2: I don't know. I mean, you look at it, you talked about that second half where it was 46 yards or, you know, five minutes of time of possession. You know why? Because it was four straight third down conversions that bent through to ball to Antonio Brown. Three of them were incomplete and one were, you know, intercepted. And two of the passes were just like, Totally not on the right page. I mean, how many times have we seen over the past eight years that that, that timer out to the corner just to pick up a first down on third and eight, and Antonio gets nine, Ben throws the ball before the break, and there's nothing you can do with it. You can't do anything about it. That's just not there anymore. And one across the middle, it's throwing behind him. I mean, I know Roethlisberger was pretty off on Sunday, but I mean, how much does that have to do with maybe Antonio not in the right place? I'm sure it has a little bit to do with everything, but I think the quarterback really stunk last week. You would think, I mean, I I had my binoculars glued on those two on the sideline for the entire second half. You would think if you had three uh, possessions of third downs where you really weren't on the same page, one might go up the other and say, hey, man, what happened there? Uh, I don't know. Man, they were like ships in the night passing on that sideline. you have a better chance of, uh, I don't know, I don't know a good analogy of, somebody else talking to Ben or A.B. than them talking to each other. Is it a coincidence? Possibly. But I don't think so. I mean, Josh Dobson went and talked to Antonio after one play for a couple minutes and retreated. I mean, something's off between them two and something's off between those two on the, game, on the field. And it's just evident. You can't. They're not going to be able to win. They're not going to go where they need to go if those two keep continuing to play like they are, they're playing with each other.
1: Mark Gabali of The Athletic joining us here on the Crowley Show. Flipping over to the defensive side, Mark, it seemed to me that the Steelers were content with rushing three, rushing four, trying to not allow the big play in the second half, and then it was just death by a thousand cuts. I don't think it's the way you can operate. I think if you're going to give up yards, you're going to give up points either way, and you're not good at tackling the catch regardless, come <laughs> after them, force them into some mistakes, at least speed Flacco's thought process up a little bit. Yeah, you, you would think that they had to do something, and something they did really wasn't
2: effective e- either. So you would think that trying to get Flacco some pressure would be their best situation, but, you know, that West Coast offense is tough where they take those two steps and get rid of it. I'm sure that had a lot to do with the game planning that they, even if they sent people, they weren't going to get to them. that was just going to open up a lot of underneath stuff. I mean, the Steelers should be good enough on defense to prevent 12, 14, 15 play drives, nine, you know, nine minute drives. And I'm not talking about one. I'm talking about multiple ones. They should be able to do that. And they're just not able to do it. I would like to believe that Morgan Burnett would help this because I think Terrell Edmonds is struggling. Uh, look at the, Long catch for John. Well, I don't even think it was a catch. I think Hayden knocked it down so late. Not he's not supposed to get let anybody behind him. He's supposed to be deeper than the deepest guy. He lets
1: John Brown Jeez, get I mean, behind him. That's I think boy, Burnett would
2: help. I think Burnett would help, and I think Hilton would definitely help if he was back in there for because he you know his run support and his ability too. But I don't know if you can count on Morgan Burnett because what he was he practiced about six times since April, <laughs> right?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, so I
2: don't I don't know if you can really count on him being out there for an extended period of time, but I think they need him.
1: Hayward and Tuit have not been good enough. Why yeah, it more than Hayward? Huh? Yes. Uh, I mean, heard the times you know what was uh,
2: crazy to me and some critical third down in short situations, they had Alu Alu in there, and I don't know if it was McCullers or somebody else in there instead of Tuit. and it was it was Hargrave and. Alu Alu instead of it and Hayward. I mean, I know you don't want to wear these guys out, but both of them played in about the seventy seventy five percent range in snaps. I'd like to see them out there in critical third down and shorts like like that. But once again, once you throw the ball quick like that, it's going to be very difficult for those guys to get home. But something's wrong. I mean, not wrong, but something's different about it this year. I thought he was on the verge before. Me I mean, when he when he signed the deal. Of being the best defensive player on this team, and I'm talking even better than Cam Hayward, and it's just went straight downhill. I mean, I'm saying he's a terrible player, but he's just not making plays. And you would think that that would turn around because he is such a good player and he has all the ability. But when you have a bunch of those guys not playing up to their capabilities, you know what you get? One of the worst defenses in the league, and I think you know, I think that's where they're at right now.
1: Mark three twelve men on the field penalties, I believe. <laughs> What the
2: They got F? one. They got, they got one off on time. That, uh, ran off on time. I don't know. I mean, especially I I can understand late because uh, when Burhey went out, now you got Burhey out. Now you got Burnett out. Now you got Hilton out. I think Sensabaugh had to move to the slot. And Sutton had to move somewhere as well.
1: So you're counting so, I mean, guys that you wouldn't typically be counting whenever you're coming. Yeah, out.
2: and and I believe one of the players afterwards said those guys didn't even practice at that position. So you had you know, you just had to make do. So that happened at least I think late. But I don't think there's no excuse for having twelve men on the field on the fourth play of the game. Or no, ten men on the field. On the fourth play of the game, remember that Lamar Jackson run that they called the a timeout? Yes. Right before that, Collinsworth said, well, this would have went for a touchdown. Yeah, because there's 10 people on the field. Then they come back out with 12. Burr has a runoff just at the last second. I mean, these are things you can't... Dude, last week in Tampa, they dumbed things down a little bit, for lack of better words. Um, they basically took the call on the sidelines and stuck with it. Well, on Sunday, they didn't. Um, Vince was making checks. Bostic was making checks. And it seems to be late checks. How many times... Adam, has the play been snapped and John Bostick has been yelling to somebody behind him?
1: Way too There's many. Been a
2: number. been a number of them. That's not good. If you don't know that.
1: No, it's <laughs> really, really bad. I, I thought that Baltimore did a really good job scheming the Steelers up on offense. Uh, they made the Steelers have to think... Uh, on a number of different occasions, uh, a lot of them had to do with Lamar Jackson being in there, but there was the play where he had the tight end basically in the guard spot in the unbalanced line. I mean, that's heck of a what, heck of a call. There, uh, huh? That's brilliant, right? Uh, that's yeah. that's kind of what the Patriots were bitching about a couple of years back in the playoffs, right? Some of that kind of creative stuff. Uh, that's going to be tough. I, I think you can probably surprise most teams in the league with that. That being said, I thought Baltimore looked like the far superior coach team yesterday.
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you get, I mean, although there was a couple 12 men on the field for them, so I sure. guess it happens to to every one of them. But, you know, a guy like Eric Weddle, who's in the back half of the defense just being a quarterback back there, you see how valuable that is when you have a guy to be able to do that. And I don't think the Steelers have that ability to be able to do that. They could have had that I mean, guy. Yeah. You, know. <laughs> you know, another thing is, is I don't know Steelers offensively, how much, um, Randy's making calls. And I'm not saying the Ben's taking over and just, you know, running the game plan. But when you're down 14 up and they go no huddle, it's basically him calling what he wants. That's probably why he's not checking too many of the run plays. And, you know, when they're down like that in the Kansas City game and, and this as well. So you're saying the coaching on offense might not be very good. It might be because the quarterback might be calling uh, a number of those plays. But it just seemed like they were one step ahead defensively too. I mean there's just too many crossers underneath stuff, stuff that you you know, what he what he complete, like sixty, seventy percent of their passes? Well but look on the bright side. No special there's no special teams penalty and Boswell was two for two. And he I mean That's a
1: positive, right? It was so positive that last night whenever I tweeted out something similarly, I forgot that he actually hit the other field goal. Uh, I I forgot that he made two field goals. I thought he only had made the one. Uh, That's how little I care about that. It is important to turn that around, but I'll tell you what, Mark. When I look at the schedule coming up, Atlanta's going to come in here, put up 1,000 points. The Bengals are a really good football team, and the schedule just keeps getting more difficult from there. Uh, How dire a situation are these Steelers in right now? Is it panic button time?
2: Yeah, they got to win this week. The good thing about this week is the Falcons' defense is probably just as atrocious as the Steelers. They would have nobody <laughs> in the cornerback safeties. They lost both of their starting safeties to season-ending injuries. But then you say, who's going to watch cover Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones? and dear Sweet, and dear sweet Jesus, Matt Ryan, man. that's bad. So First one to fifty wins, right? I think this will 60. be a turnaround performance. So if the Steelers can able to win this game, go two two and one. They played extremely well recently. Uh, recently, probably the past twenty years in Cincinnati, I couldn't even tell you the last time they lost in Cincinnati. They've been so good there. Then they get Cleveland, and you know they've owned Cleveland over the years uh, too. So if you get to man, I this tie always messes me up. Wait, four two and one.
1: I you hate heading
2: it. Down, you know, heading they down. They should give
1: the both teams a loss when you tie. I mean, just you know, get, if you, if you get win, it out of there. If you, if you win next week against Atlanta, to put it in
2: perspective, you're a half a game behind where you were last year. After you got whipped by Jacksonville, and when do you go, 3-2? and two, Lose two out of three. I mean, if you look at dire situations, what was it, 15 when they were 4-5? and five, Uh Dallas just scored in the last second touchdown. I think they went into November 4-5. and They ended up winning nine games in a row, two playoff games, AFC Championship games. So, there's a silver lining. Steelers typically get things figured out and start playing better as the season goes on. But, This is a little bit of a different team. It has that feel, at least defensively, that no matter how long they're together and work out their differences, it's never going to get to the point to allow them to, you know, race off four, five, six, seven wins in a row. You need to, I mean, we see what happened on Sunday. You have a good defense, a poor performance by the offense. Realistically, The Steelers should have won. If if I would have said to you, Adam, Ravens scored 26 points against the Steelers, you'd probably say, yeah, they probably win that game. So they they needed to win those type of games because the offense isn't always going to put up the 30, 40 type of points, but it looks like now they have to or they're not going to win. But I thought yesterday they let that one get away because even if it was 26 points, typically those are games now because this version of the Pittsburgh Steelers have to win.
1: Last thing for you, Mark. Yes or no, that's all I want from you. Do the Steelers make the playoffs? Go.
2: Oh, my. That's not yes or no. It is not yes or no. Ha-ha. Uh, uh, I make the rules? I say yes, what? but just barely. If it, uh, let, me, uh, let me elaborate. If it wasn't for their history of being so good down the stretch, and uh, you know, turn it around in November, December. I would say no. I just still think there's too much talent here that they're going to be able to turn around. Maybe not 13 win season, but I think they can get 10, nine or 10, and try to sneak in. Doesn't mean they're going to go to the Super Bowl, but I think they. I think it's not time to totally write them off yet. We're still week four,
1: five. Goodbye, Mark. Bye. Thank you, Mark Caballi of the Athletic. Coming up next. Why this team misses Le'Veon Bell. And a football coach that you should be more angry at right now than Mike Tomlin. It's a Crowley Show. He came here to do three things. Drink beer, talk sports, and drink some more beer. That's what I do. I drink, and I know things. Adam
0: Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh.
1: Get to the Steelers' awful performance from last night in a couple of minutes here. But I gotta touch on the awful performance from Central Florida over the weekend. Alan Saunders, who's a friend in real life, friend on the program, love having him on the show, love his insight, said that Pat Narduzzi should get a little credit for actually playing some nickel against UCF he hadn't been doing much of it this year they finally busted out that means things are moving in the right direction that means he's making progress that means he's learning from past mistakes yo mother truckers it's 2018 you gotta be playing Nichols 70% of the time I don't care who you're playing if you're not playing Georgia Tech you're in Nichols 70% of the time finally he busted out and we're supposed to applaud him for it Oh, give me a break. They lose by a thousand points. The worst thing that happened to the University of Pittsburgh was that they beat Clemson and they beat Miami. Because when they do that, not only does it give the fans a false sense of accomplishment, not only do they think that the program is moving in the right direction, they've got the right guy for the job, it totally tricks Heather Like. Heather Like loves Pat Narduzzi. Pat Narduzzi is good with the words. He's like, James Franklin, but a worse coach. The bravado's always there. He's a lot like Rex Ryan. You want to believe what he says. You believe that his players have confidence in him and that he can instill confidence back in them. And he was 5-7 and seven last year. He's 2-3 and three this year. If he doesn't win those games, he doesn't get the seven-year extension, and when Pitt ultimately finishes 4-8 and eight this year, you can fire his ass. Well, now if they finish four and eight, you've locked them up for a seven-year extension. Even if they go two and ten, Pitt's not the kind of program that's going to be able to pay the guy that's not working here anymore. Heather like tied Pitt down here. Heather like done effed up because there's not a lot of easy wins left on Pitt's schedule. I mean, when you lose to North Carolina in front of dozens, literally, of people. You can lose to anybody in the country, just about. Maybe not Kansas, maybe not Rutgers, but UNC's right there in that conversation. Pitt loses to them. Why do I have faith that they're going to beat anybody else? So when they go 4-8 or 3-9 and nine, or 2-10, and 10, they're stuck with this guy. The guy that said, we'll see you in the ACC championship game. And what the hell's going on with Kenny Pickett? I thought he was the next one. Kenny Pickett said this was a double-digit win team. And it's because Narduzzi got them believing that. But now when you're not what you thought that you were going to be, I think it's really hard to get revved back up to try to get to bowl eligibility. When your goal is 10 wins, when your goal is the ACC championship game, I think it's pretty tough to get to 6-6. Six and six. Come on, guys! Let's go to the Meineke Car Care Bowl! Let's go to the Keebler Fudge Packer Bowl. Here we go, boys. I think it's pretty tough to get him revved up. I don't think Narduzzi is a good coach. I think he was a great defensive coordinator. I don't know if I'd hire him to do that job anywhere right now. If I'm Youngstown State, maybe I'd take a flyer. If I'm Savannah State, maybe I'd take a flyer. Oh, wait. He can't because he's under contract to be the head coach of the University of Pittsburgh for the next seven years. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. I was talking about Le'Veon Bell earlier and how the Steelers miss him. John tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Nice monologue, but misguided. The data would tell you that the Steelers actually score more points without Bell than with him. It's not all about scoring points, pal. I've said a bunch of times that when Le'Veon Bell plays, it makes the defense better too. Because you can control the football. Not just by running the football, but by throwing Le'Veon Bell the ball. And Ben Roethlisberger feels a hell of a lot more comfortable throwing it to him than he does to James Conner. It's evident. And defenses around the National Football League care a hell of a lot less about James Conner catching the ball than they do about Le'Veon Bell catching the ball. But when you can run the ball, when you can convert easy checkdowns into legitimate down and distances that are easy to convert, Then you can hold on to the football, you can keep the defense off the field, and both teams, or both sides of the ball, pardon me, work in tandem to make your football team better. It's not just about scoring more points, it's about keeping the other team from scoring more points. It's about converting first downs in whatever way possible. Right now, they can't do it running the football. And when you look at the Steelers being 2-for-12 on third down yesterday, a lot of those third downs weren't manageable third downs. Where guys like Terrell Suggs could pin their ears back and say, oh, here we go. And Suggs starts drooling on Ben Roethlisberger's neck. With Le'Veon Bell, the Steelers would have been in better down and distance situations yesterday. With Le'Veon Bell, the offense would have stayed on the field a little bit longer yesterday. With Le'Veon Bell, it helps the Steelers win yesterday's game. Period. 4-1-2. Nine two 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 eight seven four. Nineteen rushing yards is the lowest total for the Steelers since nineteen seventy. It's the lowest total at home since nineteen fifty-two. They miss him. 147 yards per game in 2015 for Le'Veon Bell. After the Steelers fell to four and five, they didn't lose a game. 126 yards a game for Le'Veon Bell. Last year, after the Steelers started three and two, they only lost one game. The Steelers need this guy. When they haven't had an identity, when they've struggled with the win-loss total, they have historically and recently turned to the running game. This year they can't because James Conner's just a guy. Not a coincidence that the only game of the season that James Conner was excellent was game one when Cleveland had no idea what to expect. We all saw what Baker Mayfield did in game one, right? He comes in against the Jets and was electrifying. Grease. Game number two, what's he do? Start number one. Four turnovers, two picks, pick six, two fumbles. When the league has the book on you, when the league's got the tape, it makes it a lot tougher to perform. Thing is, with Le'Veon Bell, the league knows what he's going to do, and it's tough to stop him. And he makes Antonio Brown better. He makes Ben better. The offensive line, then, is not on their toes. They miss this guy, whether you want to believe it or not. James Conner also doesn't make the first defender miss at all right now. At all. And as I mentioned before, the 34 carries between his fumble against Cleveland and his 27-yard run last week, netted only 40 yards. Steelers were a problem. Steelers have a lot of problems. This is just a big one. For all you out there who said running back by committee or James Conner could shoulder the load, you were wrong. You were wrong. Steelers need structure to their offense. He helps provide structure to the offense. Let's go to Devin. What's up, man?
2: Hey, man. I got some news for you. News? Uh, Yeah, man. James is not Le'Veon Bell.
1: Yeah, he stinks compared to Le'Veon.
2: Anybody, anybody who thought he was going to be Le'Veon Bell is an idiot.
0: He's special for a reason. And the reason that he's not on our team is the Stillers' fault. These people could be oh, as delusional. Not again, Devin. Yeah, they could be as delusional as they want to be, man. I'm tired of hearing this. Oh, he should have done this. He should have done that.
1: The Steelers should have signed him. Period. They tried, Devin. He should be here right now regardless, though. Regardless of whether or not he got the money, he should be here. You think so? Yes. Now, he shouldn't have lied. Uh, I think he's getting terrible advice, and he's following said terrible advice. He should be here either way, though. Most players in the league would be here, and you'd at least have one one more season. Earl
2: Thomas Thomas was there. Now where is he at?
1: It's a different situation, though. They could still pay Earl Thomas. The Steelers can't pay Le'Veon Bell anymore right now.
2: If he broke his leg right now on a a franchise tag,
0: what would he get next year? What do you think? he will still get that Super Hughes
1: contract? I still think so, yeah. No. I think so. No. Look at Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. He come back. He's fine. Uh, those leg injuries, they don't mean anything. Uh, you hear it all the time. Thanks for the call, Devin. I do got to run because I got to hit the break here. You hear it all the time. Oh, it could be a career ender. You hear it in college football all the time. If he's not going to hit him in the head and they get the targeting rule, well, he's going to have to go low, and that could be a career-ending injury. How many times do we see career-ending knee injuries anymore? It doesn't happen. You fix the damn thing. If Le'Veon Bell breaks his leg, they'll fix it. Someone will be dumb enough to give him the money next year. He should be here. And if he was, the Steelers would be a better football team right now. Period. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. We spent a lot of time talking about the offense in the first hour. Coming up next, we'll talk about the defense, which stinks. And I'll tell you two players that can make it less stinky. It's a Crowley show.